Part two of The Cave on Thundercloud by Mary Roberts Reinhardt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part two. We were terribly thirsty, but none of us cared to drink from the cemetery well. In fact, the question of water bothered us all that day. It was very warm, and after we left the suburban trolley line, where motormen stopped the cars to look at us and people crowded to the porches to stare at us, the water question grew serious. Tish had studied sanitation, and at every farm we came to the well was improperly located. Generally, it was immediately below the pigsty. Luckily, we had brought along some blackberry cordial, and we took a sip of that now and then. But the suitcases were heavy, and at eleven o'clock, Aggie said the cordial had gone to her head, and she could go no farther. Tish was furious. I told you how it would be, she said. For about forty years, you haven't used your legs except to put shoes and stockings on. Of course, they won't carry you. It isn't my feet. It's my head, Aggie sniffed. If I had some water, I'd be all right. If you're going to examine everything you drink with a microscope, you might as well have stayed home. I'd have died before I drank out of that last well, snapped Tish. One could tell by looking at that woman that there are dead rats and things in the water. You are not so particular at home aggie asserted you use vinegar don't you and i'm sure it's full of wrigglers you can see them when you hold the cruet to the light we got her to go on finally and at the next well we boiled a pailful of water and made some tea we found a grove beside the road and built a fire in our stove there and while modestine was grazing we sat and soaked our feet in a brook and looked for blisters Tish calculated that, as we had been walking for six hours, we'd probably gone twenty-two miles, but I believe it was about eight. While we drank our tea and ate the luncheon Hannah had put up, we discussed our plans. Tish's original scheme had been to follow the donkey, but as he would not move without someone ahead leading him, this was not feasible. We want to keep away from the beaten path tish said with a pickle in one hand and her cup in the other these days automobiles go everywhere i'm in favor of heading straight for the mountain i'm not i said firmly here in civilization we can find a barn on a rainy night there are plenty of caves in the mountains said tish besides to get the real benefit of this we ought to sleep out rain or shine a gentle spring rain hurts no one we rested for two hours it was very pleasant modestine ate all that was left of the luncheon and aggie took a nap with her head on her suitcase if we had not had the suitcases we should have been quite contented tish with her customary ability solved that we need only one suitcase she declared we can leave the other two at this farmhouse and pack a few things for each of us in the one we take along then we can take turns carrying it aggie wakened finally and was rather more docile about the suitcases than we had expected possibly she would have been more indignant but her feet had swollen so while she had her shoes off 
that she could hardly get them on at all and for the remainder of the day her mind was you may say in her feet at four we stopped again and made more tea the road had begun to rise toward the hills and the farmhouses were fewer ahead of us loomed thundercloud mountain with the camel's back to the right of it the road led up the valley between it was hardly a road at all being a grass-grown wagon track with not a house in a mile aggie was glad of the grass for she had taken off her shoes by that time and was carrying them slung over her shoulder on the end of her parasol we were on the lower slope of the mountain when we heard the green automobile it was coming rapidly from behind us aggie had just time to sit on a bank at her feet before it came in sight it was a long low bright green car and there were four men in it they were bent forward looking ahead except one man who sat so he could see behind him they came on us rather suddenly and the man who was looking back yelled to us as they passed but what with noise and dust i couldn't make out what he said the next moment the machine flew ahead and out of sight among the trees what did he say i asked aggie who has a tendency to a hay fever was sneezing in the dust i don't know returned tish absently staring after them probably asked us if we wanted a ride lizzie those men had guns fiddlesticks i said guns repeated tish firmly well what of it our donkey has a gun and as at that instant the sleeping-bags and provisions slid gently round under modestine's stomach the green automobile and its occupants passed out of our minds for a while by the time we had got the things on modestine's back again we were convinced he had been a mistake he objected to standing still to be reloaded and even with tish at his head and aggie at his tail he kept turning in a circle and in fact finally kicked out at aggie and stretched her in the road then too his back was not flat like a horse's it went up to a sort of peak and was about as handy to pack things on as the ridge-pole of a roof for an hour or so more we plodded on tish who is an enthusiast about anything she does kept pointing out wildflowers to us and talking about the unfortunates back in town under roofs but i kept thinking of a broiled lamb chop with new potatoes and my whole being revolted at the thought of supper out of a can at twilight we found a sort of recess in the valley level and not too thickly wooded and while tish and i set up the stove and lighted a fire aggie spread out the sleeping bags and got supper ready we had canned salmon and potato salad we ate ravenously and then taking off our shoes and our walking suits and getting into our flannel kimonos and putting up our crimps for we were determined not to lapse into slovenly personal habits we were ready for the night tish said there were all sorts of animals on thundercloud so we built a large fire to keep them away tish said this was the customary thing being done in all the adventure books she had read aggie had to be helped into her sleeping bag her fur coat having been rather skimp but once in she said it was heavenly and she was asleep almost immediately tish and i followed and i found i had placed my bag over a stone i was however too tired to get up 
i lay and look at the stars twinkling above the tree-tops and i felt sorry for people who had nothing better to look at than a wallpapered ceiling tish next to me was yawning if there are snakes she observed drowsily they are not poisonous i should think and anyhow no snake could strike through these heavy bags she went to sleep at once but i lay there thinking of snakes for some time also i remembered that we'd forgotten to leave our weapons within reach although as far as that goes i should not have slept a wink had aggie had her fourth of july celebration near at hand then i went to sleep the last thing i remember was wishing we had brought a dog even a box of cigars would have been some protection we could have lighted one and stuck it in the crotch of a tree as if a man was mounting guard over the camp this idea of course was not original it was done first by mr sherlock holmes the detective it must have been toward dawn that i roused with a feeling that someone was looking down at me the fire was very low and aggie was sleeping with her mouth open i got up on my elbow and stared round there was nothing in sight but through the trees i heard a rustling of leaves and the crackling of brushwood whatever it was it had gone i turned over and before long went to sleep again at daylight i was roused by raindrops splashing on my face i sat up hastily aggie was sleeping with the flap of her bag over her head and tish under an umbrella was sitting fully dressed on a log poring over her road map when i sat up she glanced over at me i think i know where we are now lizzie she said thundercloud mountain is on our left and that hill there to the right is the camel's back the road goes right up thundercloud glen i looked at the fire which was out at modestine standing meekly by the tree to which he was tied at the raindrops bounding off aggie's round and prostrate figure and i rebelled every muscle was sore it hurt me even to yawn letitia carberry i said indignantly you don't mean to tell me that rain or no rain you are going on certainly i am going on said tish shutting her jaw you and aggie needn't come i'm sure you asked yourselves i didn't well that was true of course i crawled out and going over prodded at aggie with my foot aggie i said it is raining and tish is going on anyhow will you go on with her or start back home with me but aggie refused to do either she was terribly stiff and she had slept near a bed of may apple blossoms in the twilight she had not noticed them and they always bring her hay fever i'm going to stay right here she said firmly between sneezes you can't go back or forward or whatever you please i shed both tish was marking out a route on the road map by making holes with a hairpin and now she got up and faced us very well she said then get your things out of the suitcase which happens to be mine lizzie the canned beans and the sardines are yours aggie your potato salad is in those six screw-top jars come modestine she untied the beast and leading him over loaded her sleeping-bag and her share of the provisions on his back she did not glance at us at last when she was ready she picked up her rifle and turned to us i may not be back for a week or ten days she said icily 
if i'm longer than two weeks you can start charlie sands out with a posse charlie sands is her nephew come modestine said tish again and started along it was raining briskly by that time and thundering as if a storm was coming aggie broke down suddenly tish tish she wailed oh lizzie she'll never get back alive never we've killed her she's about killed us i snarled she's coming back sure enough tish had turned and was stalking back in our direction i ought to leave you where you are she said disagreeably but it's going to storm if you decide to be sensible somewhere up in the valley is the cave charlie sands hid in when he ran away i think i can find it it was thundering louder now and aggie was giving a squeal with every peal we were too far gone for pride i helped her out of her sleeping bag and we started after tish and the donkey the rain poured down on us at every step torrents from thundercloud and the camel's back soaked us the wind howled up the ravine and the lightning played round the treetops we travelled for three hours in that downpour End of part two